It's the 10 to 1 podcast with your host, Brad Oman, featuring Ben Conowitz and Nate Laux. And here's the podcast. How'd you rate that one? Uh, I feel like Smoker's Voice did that one. Smoker's Voice? Yeah, yeah. it's the 10 to 1 podcast. It's the 10 to 1 podcast <laughs> with Sweetheart. your host, Brad Oman. <laughs> Sweetheart, it's the 10 to 1. Is that what do you want? A, a very poor person, a poor man's uh, 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 Linda from Coffee Talk. I, I mean, that's more like Linda's husband. I think. <laughs> I think you're being generous, Glenda. Yeah. Glenda. Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys, it's the Ten to One, the Ten to One podcast, a Saturday Night Live podcast where we recap and review new episodes of Saturday Night Live, and we have a new episode from this past weekend, the third in the latest back-to-back trio after. Uh, two pretty disappointing episodes. Uh, I'll be the first to admit that maybe I was a little harsh about <laughs> last weekend's episode. Are you episode. ready to make a public yeah, apology? Uh, did you listen back to it? YouTube or? comments, Twitter comments, I talked, Facebook comments were like, I talked to some what friends, is wrong with I talked to some Brad? friends who said maybe I, maybe I was a little too <laughs> too negative. And, uh, and, and are those friends Ben and I? I was going to say, no, 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 so I don't, you I, don't I, trust I, us? I don't listen to your opinion. Uh, obviously, as given by the, the last episode. Uh, but I, Here's the thing. I stand by my opinion, but I probably should have pulled back the energy a little yeah. bit. <laughs> you acted like you were going to drive to his home and threaten him. Well, here's the thing. I'm not saying I won't, <laughs> uh, given the opportunity, but 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 may, I'll, I'll, for the sake of the listeners, don't to, so I don't want to make it too hard to listen to, yeah. if there's ever a, a, a worse episode, which would be pretty difficult, uh, I will... I'll, still, I'll tr- though. I'll try not to be, be such a negative Nancy about it. You're still not ready to admit that that was a better episode than the Woody Harrelson episode. Here, here's the thing I will, I will reaffirm is I think that the, the highs of the Woody Harrelson are better than the highs of the Travis Kelsey there, episode. There weren't and highs. I, and I think that, but I think the lows are pretty pretty well on par. I do also like the fact that you said I'd like to reaffirm when that was not your opinion last week. It was. No. It you was. were pretty much like this is the worst episode I've ever seen. He's no, the worst host I've ever You were just shitting openly on everything. He's a pretty terrible host still, but we don't need to relive it because we have a great new episode to talk about. <laughs> I, 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 we, we have some milestones. I do want to get to some milestones before we get to the episode though. So Nate we, just turned 50. Five Timers Club? Nope. Okay. So this is the 750th episode Oh. for the SNL band leader. What is his name? Does anybody know? Lenny Pickett. Cheeky Smith. Lenny Pickett, yep. <laughs> Did you really not know? No, I forgot. He's been the band leader since... Since G.E. Smith. Yeah, 1995. Longtime production designer Keith Raymond as well has been with the show since 1985. They celebrated their anniversary together. Here's a fun fact. And we're on this like Lenny Pickett like just like trail of information because I'm really fascinated by him. He always seems so kind, quite frankly. Every time, you know, he's, he's in... By the way, he, the band leader, he, he's sitting back there during the monologue. Yeah, and so you just know his face, right? Yeah. You know him and he's an easy laugh you know he any any monologue going on he's back there smiling what, <laughs> what's really interesting as well is the band <laughs> is typically sitting there during the cold open yep. as well behind like the, they've set up the stage right in front of them yep um but anyway he has no formal music training what yeah no formal did not attend high school past ninth grade. Wow. Did not go to college. Is that why they don't like him talk? <laughs> no. He's a he's actually a professor, I think, at NYU now. Whoa. As well. Um and so who hired him? Howard Shore, who was the musical director at SNL at the time. Uh, hey, Brad, do, you, do you happen to know Brad which, who is Howard Shore? Which film score he's most famous for? Uh, I do. Uh, Howard's end. Nope. No, nope. 
A, uh, a great film score, actually. I love this film score. Yeah, it's uh, all three Lord of the Rings movies. Whoa! Won an Academy Award for him. Yeah, he's a big deal. Look at that. Yeah, so I, which I didn't know he was an SNL alum. Mm-hmm. You know, he had been I learned that in uh, Live from New York, the, the uh, oral history of Saturday Night Live. I wanted to drop some knowledge That's on you, cool. too. Yeah, um, 750 for Lenny Pickett. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Yeah, good for him. Sounds like a good band name, too. What, 750? For Lenny Pickett. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys ready to move on? Let's yeah. do it. We have a new episode hosted by Jenna Ortega, uh, the star of the Netflix series Wednesday, a spinoff of The Addams Family. Uh, she's also been in the uh, reboot of the Scream franchise, or I guess the, the legacy sequels of the Scream franchise. Uh, and she's uh, she's quite young. She's only 20 years old. Uh, she's one of the younger hosts that has been on SNL. Not the youngest. I believe that still falls to either is it Drew Barrymore or Macaulay Culkin. Don't remember. One of those no, two. I'm going <laughs> to say I'm going to say Drew Barrymore. I think it was Drew Barrymore. I think it's Drew Barrymore. Um, but yeah, so Jenna Ortega, only 20 years old, uh, and she's hosting Saturday Night Live for the first time. And uh, she was accompanied by musical guest in 1975. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, have, have, <laughs> We're have, actually going to talk about the musical. Have, having some fun uh, online experiences with uh, fans of the 1975. Nothing negative, thankfully, but... So I listen to some other SNL podcasts occasionally. One of the ones I like to listen to is the NSL Standby Line. Uh, SNL, sorry, Standby Line. And they have a podcast. They go to almost every SNL. <sighs> Jealous. Like, yeah. they get in the line, and they. it's typically... What's interesting is they go to the dress rehearsal, and what's interesting about it is they can compare what didn't make it, what were the jokes that were different, yeah. right? These kind of things. I um, used to think that I would like to see the live show, but now I would... I, I would a hundred percent, time after time, choose the dress rehearsal. I've heard uh, from uh, my my friend and colleague and, and big SNL coverage person, Mike Ryan, who has gone to a few episodes now. He was like, he said, if you get the chance, you should go to the dress rehearsal. He's like, sure, it'll be fun to be at the live show, but but, but you'll so see much so more. much more at the dress rehearsal, and yep. it's just a lot more fun. Yep. He said, what was really interesting though is the dress rehearsal audience was dead, dead. They said, why? Because it was filled with 1975 fans. Uh, <laughs> they were not there to see SNL. Yeah, actually, I bet you it was a kind of a perfect storm of both Jenna Ortega fans and 1975 fans trying to get in that show because I saw the SNL standby Twitter account tweeting about how early they let tons of people go out of the line because of how big the line was. Yeah, And both of those would be huge draws, significant draws for younger people that probably are unfamiliar with yeah. Saturday Night Live. Yeah, almost like the, uh, what's the, BTS, is that the other one? Mm-hmm. The, the Korean pop, K-pop? The K-pop band, yeah. And so they, they uh, I remember the audience We're for so that show. old, by the way. Which was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's that, what's the K-pop stuff? So I do remember those that audience what went insane yeah. uh, if you if you go back and see that episode when they were like you know when whoever the host was introduced BTS yeah. screaming Scream- I mean, it's, it's same a with throng uh, of fans Taylor Swift too when she was even when she was just the musical guest like it's it's crazy yeah crazy. so you you had a, like a a semi-viral tweet about the lead singer. Yeah, and it's it's not like a a, a huge thing, but it's, it's it's kind of uncommon this for especially for something that is like this. But uh, there are, this was not like a hot. T- I mean, it was just a joke, right? Yeah, there and there there are some celebrities who it was a good joke. Who if you if you tweet about them, uh, you will get attention no matter what, especially if it's positive. If it's negative, you might get some like backlash. People like uh, Kristen Stewart, Robert Pattinson, um, and apparently. Matthew Healy, the lead singer <laughs> of the 1975. Now, if you've seen Matthew Healy, if you've ever seen an interview with him or something like that, uh, he's he's a bit of a prat. Uh, he's kind of a kind of a dickhead, and he he looks a bit like a douchebag. He carries himself that way. He uh, yeah. Go and look at the promos, and you will see him in there in all the promos, and it just comes across like you're yeah. Just like he's an, not even looking at the camera. He's just kind of, kind of aloof yeah, and like, like dude, well, whatever. I don't need like, to be I, here. Part of me thinks is that like that's that's what like they're they, playing it up. Yeah, they wanted him to do, and sure. like because they wanted the band to look I cool behind know. him. But but it didn't come across. On top cool. of that, 
just go watch any interview with him <laughs> and you will be like oh okay so i tweeted out matthew healy the lead singer of the 1975 looks like a walking cigarette uh because he does <laughs> what's hilarious is that uh tons of his fans saw this tweet like just found it people that aren't following me they ha- it has almost a thousand likes now it's right now it's at 999 and they has 136 they retweets burned down his house and 52 quote Brad's tweets house. the best thing is well, they're almost all from actual fans of his, and they're all either laughing about it or they're like, "Yep, that's why we love him." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and like getting getting a little thirsty too. Oh like, yeah, I want him in my mouth. Almost <laughs> all these are ladies who are like, "Yep, I'd smoke that cigarette." Like <laughs> they all, they're all just like, "Yep, that's why we want to fuck this guy." Yeah, yeah, man, yeah, Matthew Healy, bad for your health. Put yeah. him in my mouth. Yeah. Oh wow. So, wow. 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 So yeah, it's uh yeah. Uh, so if you tweet about Matthew Healy, maybe expect some attention. <laughs> I love the one that's like, uh, "Oh, you're using his formal name because his government uh, name." Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, everyone calls him Maddie or, or just Matt. His so. government name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Well, uh, learn something new today. So yeah, the nineteen seventy five. There you go. Check out. Go go learn about Matt Healy or or don't or don't <laughs> whatever. Don't. Uh, let's get in the show. Nate, t- let's let's take us into it. All right. The Oscars red carpet cold open, written by Colin Jost, Jake Norwin, Kiara O'Sullivan, and Ben Silva. Uh, celebrities like Mike Tyson, played by Keenan Thompson, Jamie Lee Curtis, played by Chloe Feynman. Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, played by Mikey Day and Molly Carney. And George Santos, played by Bo and Yang. He's getting his money out of that George Santos impression. Get interviewed on the 2023 Oscars Red Carpet, hosted by Mario Lopez, played by Marcelo Hernandez, and Maria Menounos, maybe, played by Heidi <laughs> maybe. Gardner. We have talked a significant amount about we don't hate political cold opens, but we dislike a lot of the um, ways in which SNL has done it, you know, the Fox News kind of stuff. This kind of went away from that. I mean, it brought in the Bo and Yang, George Santos a little bit. What did you guys think of this? It was timely. Obviously, the Oscars were happening uh, the next night. Brad, what did you think? I thought it was okay. Uh, better than most of the political, you know, Fox News, punditry, press conference kind of stuff they do. Uh, but it still wasn't great. You know, it felt like it was a, a showcase of some celebrity impressions. And there was a few amusing uh, parts. I thought Chloe Feynman's Jamie Lee Curtis impression was was pretty decent, but there's also not a lot to like parody with Jamie Lee Curtis. Like they did what they could with it, but like what they did with her as a character wasn't necessarily laugh out loud funny. Uh, I thought the stuff with Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson was was amusing, but it's you know. Uh, a joke we've heard before. It's, it's like, easy. oh, Irish accents are, yeah, they're pretty hard to understand, and they, they mumble a lot. And Jimmy Lee Curtis hasn't hawked yogurt for like 10 years. But it's the one thing that like, I know, she, but she like, was so again, famous for for a while. Don't even say that, though. Like yeah. You don't need was to do that. Was it a good Jimmy Lee so Curtis weird. impression? It felt like it was pretty good, honestly. It, it was good for I what she's been what doing. Good it's been good for what she's been doing lately. Yeah. If you've seen her on any of the press tour for like... She definitely had like the, the, the perfect energy and like yes. stage presence for it. You know, it's it's kind of hard to like do an impression of Jamie Lee Curtis's voice, but yeah. like she had like the, the, the right vibe. Yeah. I, I like yeah the vibe is was on point with that and she's been super supportive of all the other nominees and she's been very humble and she's been very down to earth and like I'm just gonna wear slacks and a, it doesn't matter like the Kirkland by yeah. Costco yeah, bit and all that it, it was it was fine George Santos as Tom Cruise again he is uh, really uh, you know milking that for all it's worth um, the fact that they had the DraftKings thing in there was kind of interesting it made me think wow this is going to go on for quite a while longer than a normal it, cold open it honestly was, it, was it was very long. significantly long but because they broke it off and did that I was okay with it because it wasn't this at least it wasn't the same thing over and over again yeah. I wish they could have been a little bit more outlandish with the DraftKings stuff I, the one thing I thought I think probably was the best part of the sketch was the way that they mocked the format and the trends that usually happen with these kind of red carpet shows 
uh, talking about, and this is the part where we pan down to actresses' feet yeah, for, for no, no reason, reason, which was clearly taken from yeah, actual the, 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 Yeah, they they always do it, uh, and so so yeah, the stuff that was mocking the actual silliness of red carpet reports, I I liked, but like the rest of it, you know, it's it, okay, just okay. I like it when they push the envelope, obviously, and when they escalate. And well, they so, they open the envelope. Oh the boy! Wow. <laughs> I walked into that one. Yeah, he did. I walked the red carpet into that. Ah, it was a champagne carpet. I hate you. Uh, so, <laughs> so no. Um, when they did the the last bit that Dismukes said, where he said uh, uh, Harvey Weinstein introducing Kanye West, and then it cuts back to Heidi Gardner and she goes, "A girl can dream." Like that's a good play to get. Like it's a bad thing to say, and then they escalated yeah. it with her. I really wish they would push more of that because. They got a really uh, got a really big reaction from the audience. Like, oh, like yeah. that's good. I want to see more of that. So I, I I like this fine. It was it was an okay cold open. There was one thing, and it's it's been very pedantic that drove me crazy throughout this whole sketch. And and I know it's it it should be nothing that I'm focused on, but it is. <laughs> it was Marcelo Hernandez couldn't stop blinking. <laughs> I'm, I'm, go go rewatch the sketch. And watch how many times he blinks. <laughs> is there? A ch- is is it Marcello, Mar- Marcello, or is he doing maybe something Mario Lopez does, and we just don't I don't know. know. That's what I'm saying. Is I don't because I, no, I I've don't. Seen, I've, listen, guys, as as somebody who stayed in plenty of hotels, Mario <laughs> Mar- Mario Lopez does not blink that much. <laughs> I think also you're in the cold open as probably one of the top two performers in there. He's new. It could have been nervous. You know, people blink Maybe. a little more when they're nervous. Sure. Uh, and it could be, I'd have to go back and rewatch it. You know, here I'm probably the dick that's like, uh, you know, he blinks too much and he's got like a condition where <laughs> he blinks. Um, once I, I, I noticed it, like early in the sketch, I'm like, why is he? Is there, is there something? <laughs> See, and I, I didn't even notice it at I, I know, all. I know. So I never no, even hit but my th- radar. Those are the things that like take you. I'm like, why is he? So, okay. He so, blinking? to that same uh, line, uh, Mike Tyson's get up uh, on Keenan was fine. You can always see a little bit of where the ha- hairline is, and when it's bad, <laughs> this has bothered you. A couple like times. this one was okay, but I they for some reason they have a real trouble blending his his hairline. It, this isn't the first time where I've seen a, a noticeable you know change. This was okay. Similarly, the one thing that's always bugged me, and I, <laughs> oh god, we're no, no, shit on there's no reason we should be shitting on this. No, no this isn't this is this is for this sketch. This is I don't even know if he still has these anymore. Uh, but one thing that always just kind of annoyed me, and I, I understand like it's because it would be it would be there's no reason to waste time covering it up again and again, changing it wig after wig. But Keenan Thompson either used to or still has, I don't know if he still has, those really thin, a really thin like sideburn yeah. that went down the side of his face, and they would never cover them up <laughs> no matter what character he was playing. And it always <laughs> bugged me. All right, let's move on. Monologue by Jenna Ortega. Hosting for the first time, Jenna Ortega talks about starring in horror movies and what it was like to be a child actor. She had a cameo by former longtime cast member and Wednesday co-star Fred Armisen. I am a Fred Armisen fan, so anytime Fred's back on the show, I'm very excited to see it. What did you guys think? We were a little nervous, right? Or at least Ben and I, I think a little more so than you were, Brad, that so much of the marketing for Wednesday has Jenna Ortega in a little bit of almost an Aubrey Plaza kind of awkward role. Yeah, and she she even has if, uh, at least a uh, an appearance presence that feels like Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, so much that the Independent Spirit Awards had them present together and made like a little a bit out of it. Yeah, and so we like Aubrey Plaza. I think all of us enjoy Aubrey Plaza. She's a great actress. We didn't love her SNL appearance though. Yeah, and so I was a little worried about it. After the monologue, I wasn't as nope, much. She seemed so much more affable, likable. I do know. feel like that you kind of saw her get more comfortable in the monologue alone because she started off 
seeming a little bit wooden and maybe kind of nervous but once she got into it and started getting the laughs and stuff i think she loosened up and you like you saw her suddenly feel a lot more comfortable and as soon as the monologue was over it was like it was off to the races yeah she was uh for 20 years old my goodness yeah what a, a competent and charismatic person uh i love that they threw her commercial back out there and, and retooled it as a horror film like that's a really funny bit uh it gives her a little bit of time to kind of collect herself and kind of probably breathe a little bit too yeah. so that is a smart thing for the writers and, and the producers to do but i also I, I like it very much and they went with two monologue tropes right yep. they went with the former clips and then they went with the guest in the, the, audience. Uh, the fred yeah. armison yeah i uh one of the things that is funny to me is uh because she's so young she's only 20 years old is this is the first time in a while where I can remember where they did a flashback clip and the, huh. the clip was a high def wide <laughs> widescreen commercial. It's like, well, this wasn't from that long yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah, this clip was from 2016. Yeah, so cool. It's, yeah, but she was she was young and adorable, of course. Uh, she she was a child star. Uh, she's been acting for a long time. I, I, I didn't know that she was on some Nickelodeon oh, stuff. Okay, she, a Nickelodeon been, or Disney person. Yeah, something like actually, that. she. Uh, I just learned this uh, when I was looking stuff up because I was wondering how much work she did as a kid. Uh, she played the vice president's daughter in Iron Man Three. So keep an eye out for a very young Jennifer Wow, Tega. there you go. Or if we ever play Last Man Stanton or uh, whatever we call it now on our other podcast. Go, go Flick yourself. yourself. A movie podcast. I will absolutely keep that in the bag. Yeah, because we'll definitely play Jenna Ortega. who has been <laughs> in six movies. <laughs> It'll be fun. All right. School versus school. Teachers and their star students. Jenna Ortega, Mikey Day, Punky Johnson, Michael Longfellow, Mo- Molly Kearney, and Marcelo Hernandez team up on a game show. Keenan Thompson is back to hosting. Obviously, a play on like a Meyer brand X Men. What'd you guys think of this? So my very first thought was, I don't know why they wouldn't have used real X Men. It's like it's not like they can't use the yeah, properties yeah. because they can make fun of anybody. Well, I think it. I think it makes it funnier because if you make it real, there's no. It doesn't make logistical comedic sense for them to be acting like that. And like, sure, they've used real characters and made them not like that before. But in this case. I, I I don't know. To me, it made more sense for it to be more generic, so that they're not, you know, on you're not expecting them to play into anything you already know about those characters either. Because yeah. if you have Colossus up there, let's say, right, then you'd have to be okay. Well, I need an accent. Exactly. And exactly. Yeah. I, I, do, I I do have somewhat of a, a nerdy nitpick when it comes to the, the character choices, but that's it's stupid. And no, we, uh, we want to hear it. Well, so they, that's the only t- thing we do well. Tell us how it ruined the episode and that you hate <laughs> no, her for it. They dressed Jenna Ortega like Rogue yes. uh, from, from the X-Men comics animated series, but they gave her essentially the powers of Jean Grey. Like, just make her look like Jean Grey if you're going to give her well, see, t- yeah, t- that, but see, you, you can't You can't say, like, oh, I, I, I don't want her to look like anything, you know, or I don't want her to have a specific no, no, of thing course. they're going of for. Cor- of course. Yeah, of course. I'm just saying. Of course. You can't have it both ways. But if you're going to give Professor, <laughs> Professor X a bald cap and a suit and a yellow wheelchair... I that's mean, what see. That's what I think. That's where I'm coming from. Yeah, it was Professor X, and then so then just do two other people yeah, yeah. like do Rogue and do something else. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just the, saying. I know the sketch itself. Um, I thought it was a promising premise, and it would have been really funny. But I think that they uh, started at a hundred and they stayed at a hundred, and they didn't vary anything up. Like uh, the anger in Mikey Day's Professor character should have built up, but he was immediately yelling. Jenna Ortega's character was also immediately on defense and yelling, and I just felt like it was one note the whole way through. I would have liked to have seen some some escalation, some some evolution of the bit. Some, uh, some mutation. I did laugh because I thought the way Mikey Day yelled was pretty funny. I did like Molly Carney's bit because they smashed the podium, and that was a funny physical bit. But otherwise, it just felt like it didn't live up to the potential that there could have been. What do you think, Mr. Nate? Yeah, I think I agree with a lot of what you said there. Th- this seemed to be, you know, sometimes there are sketches that just 
you don't know why they don't work for you as well as they should. This was one of them. There was nothing wrong with it. There, there was nothing wrong. And I had a couple times where I did laugh. Yeah. I never got the, the center of the humor in this sketch, right? There, there was Mikey Day kind of, you know, yelling and... Which was funny, but Mikey Day can yell in any sketch and I'm going to laugh. Yeah. Punky Johnson putting on the wig after she gets in having the blood. That was kind of funny, but it never felt to me like it, it should have. Um, uh, there were a lot. They were doing a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. And, but it wasn't a, a very strong narrative from like beginning, middle, and end. They weren't really yeah. telling a story there. So it was hard because, again, when you start off at an 11 and things happen, and but it's not really going anywhere because it, it can't go anywhere because you've already yeah. peaked at... 30 seconds and, in, and that's again, tough. We're idiots. We don't know how to write sketch comedy, but Not I don't know if bringing in more of Molly Carney's character would have helped a little bit. I was waiting uh, for them to do something, right? They're standing there yeah, and they, I'm with they, a huge yeah, arm. Yeah. And, and I'm they, like, they do break something. the table. Yeah. But also, I liked when they broke the table, the dust comes down and Keenan almost broke because it kept happening. Yep, yeah. And he was like, oh, okay, enough with that then. <laughs> like, that, I was, that was good. I think I would have appreciated it more if they leaned more into the humor of like them being out of touch as a school and okay. like not knowing. Failing? Any, fa- like yeah, failing. Not knowing anything, you know? Cause they, and, they, and they did do that once, but then the rest of it was just about the anger between them yeah, and, then, there was, and then using their power. There was stuff there that didn't really need to be about the powers right like the fact that he explains where the school is located on like 10,000 acres and it's hidden and like it's a Victorian mansion that was a very funny start to something and it kind of went nowhere so to your point Brad again uh, SNL standby line I'll, I'll steal some of their stuff again go listen to their podcast if you're an SNL fan it is a fun podcast to listen to they mentioned in the run through uh, in the dress rehearsal, this was a longer sketch, and there were more of those where I think she says, uh, she answers one of the questions, who is it? And I forget what she says, Troy, or I forget what, what the, she says one name. Yeah, like, I can't remember what it was. It's, it's, it's a, it's there was to be another, the, the Toby, character, Toby, character Toby. Hamlet, and it was supposed to be yep. Toby, which and is there's not a, a there was another one of those yeah. in, in the actual dress rehearsal. And so it plays a little bit, I think, higher on yeah. the, they're really good at, superhero stuff but, but they're, they're really dumb, dumb. Yeah. like or just yeah. not school smart right maybe that would have saved it a little bit if they had another i thought the sketch was long enough that's the odd thing though is i thought the sketch was long enough well and when you have a when you have a longer sketch that will build and then you have to cut it and you lose some of that that yeah. could be problematic for a sketch for sure yeah all right moving on for the third time in a row third episode in a row the please don't destroy guys get a pre-tape in there called road trip written by dan bulla martin hurley john higgins and ben marshall the please don't destroy guys three guys played by please don't destroy go on a great american road trip with general ortega to help her relax it also features james austin johnson and michael longfellow i love a good song from snl yeah and i've been humming this song since i watched it's it. it's an earworm it's very catchy it is a, got a great hook uh, the idea that you are singing, you know, we, they've done this before. I think they did this actually when uh, Pete Davidson did the s- Three Skinny Virgins or something like that, yeah. you know, um, where you sing a little bit and then, you know, kind of like the record, sc- record scratch. It's a formula that worked, and I thought this was hilarious. I loved it. Again, it's an earworm. It's really good. This feels like what would happen well if, done. if we went on a road trip, the three of us, and any one of our significant others was the fourth person. I felt car. like this. There were fights in there that are humorous fights, and I'm thinking yeah. we would probably honestly have. Re- 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 recalculating. <laughs> Recal- Did you really miss... 
the, the one thing you're supposed to do here. It's just a little hard doing nav and music. <laughs> and, music. and the guy in the back, it's just the price of uh, being Be shotgun. shotgun huh? I guess. And yeah. the slow turn in the head. It's <laughs> great. I just laughed yeah. so hard. I don't know if it's just because these are three best friends that have been making comedy since 2017. They're not old, right? So, right. And they know each other so well. The chemistry is just off the charts in this. I, li- I did like this uh, because they let the song grow. It, it wasn't just a joke right off the bat they were really singing a song about i mean it was it took a while for them to start getting silly with it and i, I like that it was very it was very clever you're not in charge of me <laughs> <laughs> i get i get carsick when i read there were so many great little one-liners in this yeah. and uh, please don't destroy does a great job kudos to jenna ortega she had a great voice man i had i didn't know that about her but she she sang well but she brought something to the sketch, I thought, as well. Because you can't be a, a cardboard cutout here. You've got to actually act. And so, like, when she's slurping on that slurping, you want to, it's annoying, right? And she's still doing it. Why are you still doing it? When, like, it was, it was good. She did a great job. And then they ended it funny, too. So, yeah, yeah I didn't see that coming. All right, moving on. The Parent Trap. Things go off the rails on the Parent Trap remake set when a crew member bringing in old-time cast member Fred Armisen (laughs) steps in as the body double for an actress played by Jenna Ortega. Bowen Yang plays the director. I've seen online some people love this and didn't love this. I fall into the I love this, but I don't know if it's because I love Fred Armisen so much. I just thought his some of his lines were so funny and so funnily delivered. You know who I like? Lisa Rinna. <laughs> I just thought that was the funniest line. You also, the, you're being kind of a you're bitch. Being kind of a bitch. <laughs> you like Schlitz? <laughs> Schlitz beer? No, I I love sketch. I did too. Love I, and some yeah. people were like, "This wasn't great." Fred like, Armisen excels at characters like this. Th- this sketch actually it reminded me of a tamer version of uh, that um, a sketch back from when Zac Efron hosted. Where Fred Armisen plays uh, uh, an actress who is supposed to play Andy Samberg and Zach Efron's mother in a pizza rolls commercial, and she just keeps getting worked up and going, "You don't talk to me that way. I <laughs> yes, am your I mother." That, yeah. And I really and this this kind of had a same feel for me, but it's just it's just more laid back and it's funny just to have him playing off of Jenna Ortega. Um, it also reminds me that there, I mean, th- this is a very young cast. Yeah, it's been it's jarring to see somebody who's not the host be an older male on the show because keenan does not age he looks 25 yeah he looks you know uh, so it's it's really different to see a, a cast member that is of a certain age play along and man it was i, I think the age did work well and, for this and they haven't had a lot of older hosts recently either no. so yeah so it did it did bring a different no, i don't know uh, if that's just an effort to try to build a younger audience but uh maybe. I really like that because it kind of came out of nowhere to see Fred Armisen back on the show. Obviously, he's an older guy. That's why this sketch works so well for me because, of course, how silly is that that they're playing twins and she's literally, you yeah. know, in her teens, whatever in this in this episode. Uh, she, but you like she, she did a like great Schlitz? Lindsay Lohan too. Like her. Well, Lindsay I mean, Lohan I don't even good. think that she was doing Lindsay Lohan because it's 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 supposed to be like a remake with yeah, a know, younger but actress. Like, but that, she did do something. That's it's subtle, but it's noticeable. Is she she made her voice sound younger. She yeah. made made it t- sound like a teenager, and she she looks young anyway. But that's not her real voice. Like she yep. she definitely hi- heightened the pitch a little bit and actually did you know acting with it, which I, I really she appreciate. did what Travis Kelsey couldn't do for you exactly in more <laughs> ways than one. <laughs> she's a professional yeah. actress, right? And that's why we don't need athletes <laughs> on Saturday Night Live. Uh, fun fact. The Parent Trap, the remake starring Lindsay Lohan, 
came out in 1998. Jenna Ortega was born four years later. Wow. Yep. Well, time to wrap it up, boys. I'm just going to go walk into the ocean. Dig a grave. Yep. Another way I felt super old was... <laughs> Here's another way. Didn't know that Ridiculousness was an actual TV show because I've never seen it before. <laughs> oh, uh, really? Never. It is a full-blown MTV Tosh.0 ripoff. Yeah, didn't know that. Yeah. Didn't know that. I don't watch MTV, and I haven't since like 1994. Um, and is the host really Rob Deerdick? Yep. Because he has been on the MTV now for 30 years. Yeah. Like he, the man has probably approaching yeah, no. 50. Ridiculousness started not long after Tosh.0 got popular, and Tosh.0 has been off the air for, what, two, three years now? And, and it no, ran it, for 20 years. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, they're on the like, 18th season yeah, or something yeah, ridiculous. It's been going like for, a, so for a long that's time. That's what made me feel even more they ridiculous had, uh, that I, mean, I didn't know. Robin Big was a show mm-hmm. that. Heard uh, of that one. Now, I watched that a couple episodes. Heard of, of that, that one. I, cause I, and I really thought it was pretty. It was That was a very clever show. Yep. And it was all about his bodyguard. It wasn't about Rob Deerdick. His bodyguard big was ama- like a really, really fun uh, to watch. Now, is Rob Deerdick, was he a, a comedian? Or sk- he, he was a professional skateboarder. Skateboarder, okay. And so, but, but of course, professional skateboarder with enough charisma yeah. to then, you know, do that kind of stuff. So MTV, that's the perfect meld for yeah. MTV, right? And then, of course, they find out that this, this friend of his is a big guy and kind of watches his back. Okay, now there's a show. But then after that, they did like Fantasy Factory where he had this, it, it, Rob Deerdick basically, here, here's what I'm, I'm going to start doing this and I've got this huge warehouse with the, all these skateboard ramps and foam pits to drive into, but it wasn't just about that. It was about marketing and about like kind of his entrepreneurial spirit, and ben, I actually like that as well. Ben, how long have you been a, a Rob Deerdick <laughs> super fan? No, that's what exactly I, what I would think. I'm like, well, how do you know? No, so, so it's so it's, it's the, not no no. The best thing about Rob Deerdick is he lives at five five five. And then one time he said this, and it was so funny. This no, is what he so said. Here's what I, I want to say him, about. I sent him a letter, uh, and he didn't he didn't write back. But if he did, this is what I meant. He would say, but, like, dear dear Ben, as, uh, my biggest fan. As he's saying this, my eyes are getting bigger and bigger like you know more about this guy than I've Wikipedia. I've seen these shows. So the thing <laughs> is though, I don't watch them for Rob Deerdick. I'm not exactly I just watch every Rob I'm Deerdick I'm not joking. Show. Like, I'm not really I watch them for the artistic presentation <laughs> no. and hilarity that Rob Deerdick brings to the table. No. I I watch the shows for everything but him. Like oh, I swear oh, to god, I'm I, not watching I it for him. I believe you. Like the everything I don't know, everything around him in these shows I enjoy, but I've never I actually did not know about this show ridiculousness or whatever. Oh, that's, that's surprising. I, I really this is know this is the only Rob Deerdick show that I definitely knew about. Well, I'm not, you know, when, this is 20 years ago Robin Big was so a thing and that's when this, I watched TV. Is this a thing though right where they do watch viral videos? Yeah, all they, all they, they do all they do is watch like they, viral videos and they provide commentary. But, and they have but, three famous people yeah, on to talk but about. But not yeah. really famous though, right? Uh, I mean, I mean famous kind like relatively famous. Fame adjacent. Yeah. Famous that they can get people to do it probably for free. I doubt it. They're probably still paid, but they're paid maybe but, like in like sponsorship. Like, uh, like Chanel West cards. Coast is an actual person. Is that real? Boy Feynman one. Yeah. It's an actual person that's on the show. Go. There you go. Yeah. So is uh so is Stilo Brim, the guy that uh Yeah, see these, these all sound uh like like things you'd buy in the store. No, I, that's what I'm saying. I looked it up, I'm like, Hey, these make are sure real hey, when you get home, get some Stilo Brim. Get some Stilo Brim at the store. Because <laughs> the sink is filthy. Lily two times is who generally Is that a real thing? That is not a okay, real person. See. So sketch wise, again. I didn't know anything about this. Yeah. I, I figured out it was real. I thought Jenna Ortega was very funny. She um, was. She, this was. This was a good sketch in that it was absurd, and that made me laugh. I didn't think she was incredible in this sketch, but she did enough to make it funny. Like I appreciated the energy she brought to the table. Like, agreed. It, it felt different from what she'd already done before, and, and really from everything else that happened in the, in the evening. She, she did a good job of playing different characters. And I thought Chloe Feynman did really well, too. Yeah. I kind of want to go back to that thing you talked about yeah, before. Yeah. Cap, cap, yeah. No more Catball, y'all. <laughs> yeah, and it was really fun. Mikey Day's reactions as Rob Deerdick were also yeah, very yeah, funny. He really oh, set no. this for me. <laughs> uh, and actually... 
to give the crew respect too. They did a very good job of recreating the set of ridiculousness. Like it looks exactly Boy, like. Let me ask the expert, Ben. What did you think? So <laughs> I've got all seasons on DVD. Is that a thing still? It is. Okay. Uh, no, uh, I I did. So overall, it's a funny enough premise, a funny enough sketch. I didn't really obviously realize that those are two real people. I didn't know the show was a real thing, but. That all being said, the only thing I really wish is that they would have brought the of, real Rob Deirdre on so you could get oh, really excited. Oh, that would have been awesome. It would have been. <laughs> I, I, I know that they can't do this budget reasons and whatnot, but if they could have had a way for the last joke of the night was the guy is going to come down the laundry hamper, right? And he's going to what? The, the joke was she thought he was going to stand up and. It wasn't a joke. It was like it was like everybody's like he's gonna fall down or he's gonna, oh, he's gonna and, smooth oh, and, sail and get a, get a text that his mom died. Exactly. I wish they could have cut to and like all right, well let's take a look at that clip. And it would have been Fred Armisen coming down the stairs and standing up like oh my mom died. Like that would have been great for me. <laughs> Obviously budget constraints, blah blah blah. But overall, yeah, it was fine. I, I didn't love it, didn't hate it. It was fine. it was it was enjoyable. I I, I liked it. I, like, again, yeah, I wasn't like over the moon for it, but I thought it was funny. All right, pre-tape Waffle House written by Mikey Day, Shooter Seidel, Brian Tucker. A couple played by Jenna Ortega and Marcelo Hernandez has a serious conversation about their relationships outside of the Waffle House. It also features a Mikey Day, Heidi Gardner, Molly Carney, Devin Walker, Egon Woden, Punky Johnson, Andrew Dismukes, and Keenan Thompson. I'll let you guys go first on this one. What did you think about it? Uh, let's start with you, Ben. I loved it. If you <laughs> if you watched this sketch the whole way through and and it cut to the part where Punky Johnson shows up in a wheelchair, and then the wheelchair itself is shown hitting the wall by itself with no Punky Johnson in that. If you didn't laugh at that, we are no longer friends. That's a very, very clever, fun gag that should make you laugh, and that this this sketch was full of those. Obviously, it's everything going on in the background, but the ridiculousness is happening everywhere. No, uh, ridiculousness happened in the sketch <laughs> But there also, the just the boring talk between the two of them that's every every high school drama movie you've ever seen or whatever. Like that was it was, it was really every well Friday done. Night it was yeah, like, yeah, it was very well done. I, I really liked the sketch. Very well done. Just also in the execution, it it was a beautiful looking it was pre-tape. A, like, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Silly as it is and to it say, well, and it required so much like perfection as far as the timing and how it how it shot and like the the sound also and, and ba- the balancing both the, all the dialogue. The light people that have to yep. like light all the. I mean, because you're you're outside at night, your eyes are trying to focus on multiple things at a time, and so to get you to focus on the right things is I great think direction, great lighting. This, this sketch is incredible for a lot of reasons, I think that it's going to go really under-recognized for the technical proficiency of it. Yeah. I, I think people are really going to sleep on that aspect of it. Wow. Just uh, all forces had to come together to make this good, and it was great. Yeah, I mean, and there's just layers to how well it is, because like the what, what the what Jenna Ortega and Marcelo Hernandez are saying in the foreground feels like a, like a, a Riverdale Dawson's Creek kind of show, uh, but then you have so much going on in the background and you can still hear just enough of it for it to work. And this is one of those instances, too, where uh, it feels like this is maybe an idea that like they were sitting on for a little while, or it took them a while to like polish it. Because I'm willing to bet this was inspired uh, after that that viral Waffle House video of that girl deflecting that chair like she's a superhero. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though Waffle House fights are kind of evergreen territory at this point, uh, from what I understand, and people commenting online, like this is what happens at Waffle House. Like, oh yeah, this fights is yeah. what yeah yeah. And so, but so I didn't mind that like it didn't feel 
uh, timely necessarily because like again, Waffle House fights happen a lot. Uh, but like j- just the way it unfolded, there wasn't anything specific about it that cemented it as a reference to any specific like viral video that you might have seen online. Uh, and just the way it all unfolded, the physical comedy was great. Molly Carney tackling people and body slamming them. Um, you know, uh, the wheelchair bit cracked me up. Oh like, my ju- god! Yeah, dude. Just, just perfect cutting for that, and like just, just the way it played out was just yeah. This, this was an excellent sketch all around. No, it was fantastic. a little more timely than the Bodie B- McBoat faced uh, sketch. hundred <laughs> percent. <laughs> all right, it's time of the ten to one to get out our breadometers and ask what did Brad think of the. Weekend update team this week. Did they have enough chemistry? Did they uh, make him laugh enough? Did they maybe, you know, again... Did they kiss? Did they have a romantic moment? Now, Ben and I get to judge first of where we believe Brad's predometer resided this week. It was a little harder for me this week. Really? I've got a hard number. you got a hard number? Yep. What is it? 92. Four inches. I think this was... 92. I, nope. It can't be 92. <laughs> I thought this was an all-time high because of a few factors. I thought that yeah, I thought this was a... I thought that it really... I mean, they, they directly spoke to one another. Uh, Michael Chase stopped the presses pretty much. Uh, th- there was a lot there. Now, 92 is what you went with a couple weeks ago when I thought it was like their best one of the season. I was going to say 92.1 because this was just better than that. I think that this is the highest... It's oh, you think it's the best? I think it's the, the best it's been the season. Okay. I thought it was very good. But I don't think it was the best. Okay. I'm going to go 84. All right. So Ben's losing his touch a little bit because Oof. it's not the best of the season. It's still very good. I thought it was, it was, very, so, yeah. I was so up there, though. It's, 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 still, it's still very good. Didn't feel quite as funny as it was in previ- previous That's instances. what I thought, too. Uh, so a little less. Not bad, but not close to. What's the number? Close enough to the, I, I, I never give a number. You guys do the numbers. I mean, I'm pretty sure you'd give us a number. 87. Okay, thank you. Okay, what did you say? I mean, it's more what'd important. Nate, Nate, oh, what did you say, Nate? I said 84. Okay. So I was closer. And I didn't go over, which mm. makes you lose. Um, Price is right, real. Usually it's like you say Ben's right, because Ben gets it right. He's, he's been time. he's been right yeah. for, yeah. And, but the, yeah so you this, don't give a number, you just say Ben's right. Yeah, this time he, <laughs> this time he, over, he overshot, though. Yeah. It's all right. I, Classic. Know, I, just, I thought that maybe, you know, you were. Not, I mean, the, not the best I thought, season. Also, I thought because you. I'm going to take the W. I'm going to take the W on this one. You hated Kelsey so much. That like no matter what it was, it was going to be the best thing I've ever, ever seen. That's yeah. no. that's also what I thought. No, that's not true. All right, well, still in a lull from last week, I see. So, what did you guys think of uh, edited footage for the January sixth Capitol attack? A man's plan to live underwater for a hundred days. Jokes, anything that stuck out for you on the weekend update? No, as far as uh, one-liners, it did, uh, I didn't think overall it was like one of their their better ones of the season. It wasn't bad necessarily, but it was it was just, it was fine. It was fine. Whatever stuff. joke that Michael Chase said and then followed up with, I don't know why I thought that would make you laugh. Yeah, that was That was that. a really funny second tier part of that joke. I don't even remember what the first part was. I guess during the dress rehearsal, <laughs> the joke about Meghan Markle, I guess everyone groans and he looked over to Colin and said, "See, I told you all of the jokes that I like make everyone sad." <laughs> <laughs> Which seems like a very chay that, thing. Well, to you say. know, I was actually talking about the dress rehearsal. Yeah. So it was a 92 for the dress rehearsal. Oh. No, but, so, but this I, this yeah. idea of them though okay. like knowing I, I just love the idea of them knowing this joke is gonna bomb. Yeah, like it's and I'm keeping and it I'm in. going with yep. it, or it's gonna. It's not gonna bomb because I think laughter isn't the only outcome that you might want. Sometimes, especially for Michael groans Che, are, he, groans, groans are, are more than accepted. That's yep. that's a currency that pays the bills for Michael Che. Let's get into the weekend update bits. Tennessee Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally, played by Molly Carney, stops by Weekend Update to address getting caught commenting and liking on gay thirst traps on Instagram. I just feel like 
Brad should talk about this first. What did you think? This was hilarious. I, I hope that Molly Carney can keep finding characters like this because uh, the mustache did phenomenal work making them look like this 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 innocent chubby politician and just oh. the, the look on their face was hilarious not to mention the voice it was it was a perfect character for them to play i, I loved this. the the physical manifestations yeah that they came up with doing this with the little wink and the nod on the yeah. chin and like the dancing fingers on the table I was laughing harder at that than probably any sketch tonight. This is the I kind was of stuff, laughing so hard. This is the kind of stuff that where where they remind me of Chris Farley. Oh, there, there's, def, there's, there's definitely a like a an uh, an innocence like mi- mis- mischievous presence yeah, here. You know, very coy, yeah. very subtle. But my God, I was I was really laughing hard. Like this is a great great bit. I didn't love it. What? What? Really? I loved Molly's performance. I think everything you just said. In a sense, was right. I I didn't love the whole Randy McNally stuff. I didn't think he was a, a predominant character enough in our culture to like. I just didn't think it was that funny. Like I, I didn't think the premise wow. was that funny. No, it was. This, I, this thought it, I thought. I thought. I will funny. always this, laugh here's, here's at Republicans getting caught <laughs> doing gay things. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard to kind of bifurcate here because I think Molly was great and. I absolutely agree with you. The little things that they flourished out in this bit demonstrated their giftedness. It just didn't hit me. I, and, and I think it's probably... It's surprising to me. It's probably on me, honestly. It might be one that I go back and rewatch. I haven't rewatched all of the Nate, the were you worried sketches. because you might get caught liking gay thirst traps? You know... He's I, pretty out and proud with it, though. That's no, fair. It is really funny, though. I do <laughs> love gay thirst traps. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... Do you guys ever, when you like something on Facebook or Instagram, think, I want to make sure that people don't think that I'm endorsing something? So sometimes on Twitter, I'll like something so that I can go back to it later and send it to somebody. Like I see oh, it when like I'm you, like you like, tag it. And I think, oh man, I hope. Now, this was not what Randy McNally was doing. Let me be clear. <laughs> You're, and so, uh, uh, Randy McNally apologist Nate Laux on the 10 <laughs> to 1 podcast. It'll be something silly like, you know, like you said, a Republican says this, and I want to, I'm, I'm, it's 1230 at night, and I want to send it to you gotcha. guys, or I want to yeah. send it to somebody, and I, I'll like it because I don't know how to save it. Um, and so, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, old. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm sure people are thinking, what? An well, idiot. we're going to print you off some MapQuest directions yeah. so that you're going to get some help there, Nate. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, moving on. Another weekend update bit. James Austin Johnson's random celebrity impressions written by Mike Desenzo, James Austin Johnson, and Jake Norwin. James Austin Johnson stops by weekend update to share some short celebrity impressions. This was another thing that was allegedly longer during the dress rehearsal. Oh, I wish it was Me longer. Too. It was so good. It was just, I, I could watch James Austin Johnson do this bit for 10 minutes at so least. So this is the second weekend update in a row where it almost feels like, oh, you know what we should do? Let's just, because Punky and Mikey Day, yeah. right? And that felt very, it wasn't, but it felt like thrown together. Yeah. And this is like, oh, I'm just going to uh, stop just, by. Just and send James Austin Johnson yeah. out for a few minutes. And yeah. you know what? Do more of this, guys. Every like, time. Let's, let's Every all take time. a big yep. a big break here yeah. and say it's okay to not have a fully fleshed out character bit. Th- this stuff is still very funny yeah, and they, we're here for it. They're, yeah, they're very clever little bits like, that like work. And I, I'm sure that he does this all the time on the stand-up stage, too. Sure. Um, there's there's got to be he's a like, section where... I love the fact that he's like, I've got these two-second two bits that are just eating away in my brain. Yeah. I don't know what to do with them. Like, I love that. Yeah, it's just it's a clever way of him to do impressions but also use them to make like another joke that adds a, la- a layer mm-hmm. 
to it. And, and the, then, I, I mean, honestly, he he brings out his best impersonation, which is obviously Donald Trump, but he's done it a billion times in the show, but it didn't feel stale. Yeah. It, it really energized that impersonation because you just see how talented he is when doing it without the makeup on. And it shows how simple a joke can be that can still be really funny. The Jay-Z yelling from the basement. <laughs> the how, dumbest why, why, premise. How are you going to do that? Well, he's and the dumbest blackface. I'm, I'm downstairs. I'm, I'm off screen. <laughs> it's just, it was so funny. It was. Yeah. It was just so, so funny. And the Bob Dylan on vibrate <laughs> cell phone. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I really laughed. Yeah. He's a talent. Moving on. Exorcism, written by Martin Hurley, John Higgins, Ben Marshall, Egon Wodum, and Will Steven. A woman, played by Egon Wodum, helps exercise a demon from a daughter, Jenna Ortega. Also features Andrew Dismukes and Chloe Feynman as the parents. James Austin Johnson as the priest, and Kenan Thompson as Frank. Also, Kenan Thompson hits his record-extending 1,600th SNL sketch here. Wow. Jesus, Pete. Wow. 1,600 sketches wow. he has been in. What did you guys think of this one? I thought it was great. You thought it was great? I did. I really, I, I really thought it was fine. It. I thought it was. I thought it was great. I what re- did you love about this one? Egan Odom for sure. Okay, she she, she made the sketch for me. Uh, Jenna Ortega was pretty good. I liked the voice effect that they did, even though there was a little moment when they forgot to shut it off and you heard part of Ego's line get distorted with with their voice filter. I did love that Jenna Ortega went all in on. Yeah. This one. Oh yeah. For sure. The, the one thing that I wish maybe they would have done that might have made it funnier, even though I do understand that making an older character probably. Uh, makes it a little bit more believable, if you will. This character felt like it wasn't too much of a departure from Lisa from Temecula, yeah. and I almost wish that they would have turned that into a recurring character and just put her in completely different sure. scenarios and use her in that way. Um, but because the voice that Ego did was was very similar, had a little bit of a rasp to it, and had had a little bit of like that attitude. Uh, but but she she definitely made the sketch for me. I love the way that she just like. Wasn't putting up with any of this nonsense. The way she dealt with the exorcism, uh, Keenan Thompson coming in as her husband, just just reluctantly be like, "Well, all right, I guess this is what we're doing," you know. And so, like, I I liked it. Ben, what did you think? The, yeah, from a uh, I get what they're trying to pull off with the technical aspects, uh, everything from the voice modulator to that you can hear the hydraulics of the bed, like, which is just you know, it just really takes you out of the sketch because if it's just supposed to be a levitating, that's, that's how demons sound, Ben. Yeah, all I all I heard in the background was like, ding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like. Okay, I guess they couldn't find a way to do that. <laughs> that was just really strange to me. That Tell they, you what, Ben, you do the audio on the show and you fucking figure it out. Uh, listen, <laughs> listen. Uh, you know, in the '80s, they just would have had a couple of, uh, of stagehands in the back lifting her up, and there would have been no noise it under been, there, like yeah, doing like. I'm a, not joking. That's exactly what, and it would have been better. <laughs> we don't put people in danger, Ben. Uh, whatever. I'm just saying that sometimes technology is a little too much for this. Like, just do it the old school way. But uh, I also didn't love the dummy at the end with the spinning head. Like, I just thought that was a lazy way to end it. I thought it was actually pretty funny. Did like, you think it was funny? Because yeah. I thought it was cheesy. No, no, it was cheesy, but that's what that's what made it funny to me. Is I, I like that they were just like, yeah, we're just going to do this. Funnily enough, even though like it's clearly a dummy, I will say I went back and I paused it. The sculpt on the face for Keenan's face is pretty dang good. Because <laughs> normally when they do dummy heads like that, there's something about it that doesn't make it look human. Like it's clearly lifeless, you know. But there was something about this particular sculpt where it genuinely looked like Keenan Thompson. It didn't look like a, you know, an, like a, a fake dummy head necessarily in the way that they usually do. It was fine. Final sketch of the night, Jingle Pitch, written by Andrew Dismukes and James Austin Johnson. Uh, lawyers played by Jenna Ortega, Bowen Yang, Chloe Feynman, and Devin Walker enlist help from a local band played by Andrew Dismukes and James Austin Johnson to come up with a catchy jingle for their law firm. Bowen Yang hit his 200th sketch on oh. this sketch. I would like to point out right away 
that James Austin Johnson and Andrew Dismukes are not Jason Sudeikis and Tim Robinson because Round Ball Rock is this sketch done 10 out of 10. And this sketch was five out of four out of ten. What? It was fine. No. It was fine. Did you like this? Yeah. Uh, It was fine. I immediately thought of Round Ball Rock Rock as well. And don't get me wrong. That is a great sketch. I love that sketch. It is hilarious. It always cracks me up. But this was different enough. And I thought that the music approach to it and not to mention Bowen Yang's character was 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 what made it hilarious. Was great. The, the whole so were Andrew Dismukes and James they, they, Johnson. They were good. They were good. There was one thing that took me out of the sketch. What was it? Do you think? The one thing that took you out of it? Yeah, Jenna Ortega. It was a Brad pedantic thing. She's too young to play that role. I ah. I thought that immediately. I was, I was like, ah, she's not. She's not a lawyer at this office. <laughs> so you're you're like five would've, foot one would've, would've and twenty years old, and you look. 18. Yeah, and they, and they tried to give her like a woman haircut wig, but <laughs> it was like, mm-hmm. would it have been better if, if Bowen would have been like, we were there with our child prodigy lawyer. <laughs> yeah, oh, almost probably you would know? have been funnier to say it because I'm like, okay, you're you're clearly trying but to. Play. I will say the the parts I really laughed at hard were when he just like, I want to get dacked up, like he, he's taking it so seriously. That was really funny. Um, I just thought that there could have been more. I don't know. I guess uh, maybe I'll need to watch it again because the 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 two uh, uh, entertainers w- uh, just didn't didn't really do it for me. I'm sorry. I apologize, Brad. They didn't do it for me. I I love the song for the phone number. It, it was so there was it was kind of catchy. Yeah, it, it, at the very end, it was it was very catchy. The last version they did, it was it was hilarious. I love the way that that they sang it. And yeah, this I thought this was very funny. Not as good as Round Ball Rock. Round Ball Rock is one of my one of my favorite sketches it's, from the Tim I Robinson this, era. It's really up there for me all time. Like this I really for me love probably Rock. would have been better if Travis Kelsey was in it. Oh, <laughs> boy. It's the time of the show where we get to talk about our favorite sketch of the night. Or uh, we could talk about our MVP. What do you guys want to do first? Let's do MVP. Who is your MVP of the night, Brad? Uh, that is a good question. And I'm I actually I forgot to think about it. I'm actually not entirely sure. So give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben, let's start with you. Who was the MVP of the night? I'm going to go Molly Kearney. Why? Uh, that was a very, very... First of all, this is the first time I've seen them in multiple sketches. Yep. And they held their own the entire way. Th- this late in the game to have your first weekend update appearance would make me nervous if I was on the show and this was my first time to shine even though I had been waiting for this long and they crushed it. Uh, so for that reason, uh, I-, I think that they really deserve it. Going through the sketches real quick, Molly was in the cold open. They played Brendan Gleason. Uh, they were in school for school playing, I don't know, brick bone or whatever, <laughs> whatever it was, power fist. And then, what else did they do? Waffle House. They were in Waffle House. Yeah, they and did some exceptional body slamming. Yes. In Waffle House. Randy McNally. Yep. And and right there, that's enough for me. If that's all. Yeah, you know. That you, yeah, in. you know what? After hearing, because I I had forgotten a couple. Yeah. Uh, while thinking about that, Molly Carney gets it for me too. Just read my coattails. That's fine. That's no big deal. You don't wear coats. I know I don't. Nate, what do you think, buddy? Who who's your MVP? I couldn't figure it out either. It was hard. I almost it was pretty varied this episode. I almost gave it to Jenna Ortega, not because I thought she was like the best host in the world. She was very good. Yeah. But because I couldn't figure it out. I do think I'm gonna go off your coattails because no, I think fine. you've convinced me. I think you're right. Absolutely. Yeah, it makes it makes sense. I think Molly also getting Molly on weekend update was a was a great feat because they needed to be on there. And yeah. I wanna see 
what they can do, and you, obviously you, you can't know anything about a, a person or how they how they perform unless you give them sh- opportunities. You got to have those shots. Um, I and much to that uh, respect, I want to see more Punky. I, I want to give her some time. Give Punky some space. Let's see what she can really do because yeah, there was something that don't came Melissa Villas ignore her. Yeah, you know, give her some actual opportunities. Melissa Villas ignore at the end of her career had more opportunities, and I will say she kind of she screwed them up. Like she she really flubbed her lines a lot. It was hard to watch sometimes. Punky hasn't ever really screwed anything up. I just haven't really seen a lot of her. So I'd like to see uh, uh, you know Punky get the Molly treatment. Let's get out there and, and, and get her some more. Rips. I think you're being a little unfair to Melissa Villas in because she was on the show for a while. She was doing nothing. Doing nothing. Doing nothing. I don't no, say she, no, she, she did great, like impressions. She Sorry, impressions. she did impressions. She just didn't know where to fit outside of an impression that worked for her. She's not like Chloe Feynman that is a very skilled impressionist. Yeah. But also can play mom. She's or just like, not a good you know, actress. That's like, the problem. She's a stand-up and she does impressions, but she was terrible in live sketches. Eh, I don't know. About I wouldn't that. go that far. I, I think I don't think you're totally wrong. I think I think you're right a little bit. I think I Chloe Feynman could be an actress. I'm not sure Melissa Villasenor is. A, I think a Chloe Feynman in a few things in small roles, and I would say that she's just about as good an actress uh, in movies and TV shows as Melissa Villasenor was on Saturday Night Live. Except Chloe Feynman doesn't screw up her lines constantly. Well, I mean that's I mean, not constantly. Yeah, it wasn't constantly. You you were like you, you're turning her into Travis Kelsey. And, I'm not though because she constantly flubbed her lines. She didn't constantly way, flub her lines. You're remembering like the most recent bit before she left the show. She had because that's a, the only time she, she had like a rips. bad sketch or two. And yeah, <sighs> but that's not how her overall presence. She was she'd been very funny on the show before. And there was a Doing reason she was there. I get it. But I do agree. She never found her niche. Even being on the yeah. show for five, six, and seven that can years. be hard on Saturday Night Live, though. Like, like even even if you stay there for a while, it can be hard to really find a groove. And I'm sure she Ellen Clegghorn could never find her. You know, even though I remember Ellen Clegghorn's sketches, yeah, she never could find the thing that she wanted to do yeah. on the show. Oh, so leave. Right. Six years is too long. Sorry. Hey, Brad. I liked this episode, and I yeah. Final thoughts of this episode before we get into the next. Yeah, no, the the Waffle House, my favorite sketch. Yeah, favorite sketch was Waffle House for me too. Guys, just on my coattails over here. I wrote a review. It's not mine though. It's not mine. Oh, what's yours? American Girl doll. Nope, Road Trip. I loved Road Trip. Was very funny. I love Road Road Trip trip. Uh, because again, it's a great song. What was your favorite live sketch, Brad? Favorite live sketch? Yeah, yeah. If we're because I know we we kind of the. The, the the parent trap for me, yeah, parent trap. Oh, okay. What about you? Followed closely by Jingle Pitch. Yeah, no, all those were, was again. They, they were all fine. I laughed a, a lot uh, uh, here and there, but uh, yeah, Molly on on Weekend Update was my was first. what what do you think was the worst sketch of the night? I think it was on like, on an episode that I thought was pretty pretty. Great. Yeah, I think it was the, the red the red carpet sketch, and not because I thought it was terrible for an episode like this. The I thought open. Yeah, I thought I thought it was decent, but it wasn't the best of the night, and it, it was the worst. See, one I still thought that that was better than the X Men sketch. It was close for me because I I I, I, agree. I, I still laughed during the for, during the X Men sketch, and I I liked the the premise, and there was some good stuff in it, but. The the cold open was longer and didn't make me laugh as much. It was too long. Yeah. I laughed really hard when Bowen Yang's exit line, I'm got to go be everywhere, everywhere, all <laughs> at once. Like, I thought that that was a really clever line to end on. I liked that a lot. All right. We're going to be on a, a break for a little while, but uh, they Good. Have... Maybe Brad can calm down his Travis Kelsey. Oh, I'm, no, I'm already calm. No, I know Brad's excited calm about this. Calm than you are right now. This next host, because right we're both fans of her show- Who's hosting next? Yes, we have Quinta Brunson coming on April first. No fools here. Maybe April first. It's April first. Well, that's well. I think the show will still go on. There is there is a 
uh, an editor's strike that might happen. I think that would probably only impact the potential of pre-recorded sketches. Okay. Uh, but we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like they'll hopefully, hopefully they'll, hopefully they'll solve it before, before then. then. Yep. But Quinta Brunson, for those who don't know, she is the creator, uh, executive producer, and star of Abbott Elementary. A great show. A I hilarious show. Very, very funny. Uh, you can see it on ABC right now, and uh, it's available to stream on Hulu. I recommend watching it. It is uh, a very, very funny show. She is great on it. Uh, and I was hoping that they were going to get her to uh, to host this season because she's riding a pretty big wave because of that show. She's won uh, an Emmy and a Golden Globe, and uh, it's a big deal right now. So it's good to have her. She on. also has talked about her love for Saturday Night Live, right? Yeah. She actually, I think, tried to get on the show. So another person that has really Ooh, maybe loved. we'll see and like did she ever audition maybe we'll get to see I don't the know tape. if she did or not I but the whole sketch comedy thing like she she just loves she's always loved yeah. comedy and always wanted to get into comedy did she ever do any stand up or anything I'm not sure if she's a stand up or not I think she might be an Im- improv I sketch, feel like she sketch, was sketch comedian yep. uh, if you do want to see more of her too she does have a recurring role in History of the World Part 2 which is also on Hulu so we'll be on a break, but you can still find us. Uh, we are online. You go to the 10 to and you can find our Facebook and our Twitter and things like that. Or listen um, to our weekly movie podcast, Go Flicks Yourself, if you want to hear more of our nonsense. Every about, week. Yeah. But just about movies. A lot more swearing. Yeah. What, are we talk- what are we going to talk about this week on, on Go Flicks Yourself? Do you know? Uh, the movies we've seen, the trailers that have yeah, come out. Yeah, but what trailers? The, good? I, I haven't picked them yet. <laughs> Can we talk about the Little Mermaid one or no? Uh, sure, sure, buddy. We can. Well, whatever you want. Yeah, it seems fun. A whole new world. Wrong show. Not even Little Mermaid. You embarrassed yourself. <laughs> wow. I'm just joking, guys. I yeah. love you both. No, you just don't even know anything about Disney songs. You know, Brad, where can people find you? Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Ethan underscore Anderton, where I'll be making fun of Matthew Healy. Uh, you can <laughs> Try, trying to desperately go viral again. You can also uh, find me. He, lo- he looks like a, he still looks like a cigarette, right, guys? <laughs> Did, you right, hear me say it? Did you hear me say it? I said that. That was me. I'm, hey, I'm gonna start we, saying it about everybody. Hey, hey, Ben, we should literally hey, just copy and paste I'm, that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, re- I'm gonna quote tweet it. I'm gonna quote tweet it, and I'm gonna say, "Oh, I saw him from behind. He looks like a cigarette butt." <laughs> And I'm gonna go viral. This is fucking terrible. <laughs> uh, but uh, slashroom.com, uh, where I, I come up with uh, some fun ideas and occasionally <laughs> write things, but do do a lot of editing of yes. uh, other people's work. And uh, you know, you can also just find me fucking around everywhere. <laughs> uh, you can comment on our Facebook page uh, when we release stuff and you comment we do read it we do appreciate it we love it, it always makes my day when I get to hear somebody who liked didn't like whatever you guys want to put and out every there every negative thing you said about Brad from our last episode <laughs> Ben and I love and I read but just trust that we read every single comment we promise all right well thank you so much for listening we're going to be back in a couple of weeks April 1st new episode be good to yourself be good to others Travis Bye. Kelsey sucks <laughs> <laughs> Bye.